Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening and we are back sgr 29 getting into the wide receivers that we want to avoid in these drafts this year uh, before we talk about the wideouts, I do want to say something about yesterday's running backs to avoid episode. Um, I had James Robinson on there, but obviously I recorded that before the Saints-Jaguars preseason game uh, where rookie running back Travis Etienne um, injured his foot uh, with a Liz Frank fracture. He's going to be out for most likely the entire season, if not the whole fantasy season. Uh, so that does help James Robinson's value a little bit. I still am not really psyched to take him in my drafts um, because I don't think the Jags offense is going to be very good. They've looked really bad in the preseason. So it's not like I think Robinson's going to be a superstar for fantasy, but he doesn't have ETN, excuse me, guys, uh, eating into his workload uh, to worry about at this point. So there's a minute on the Jags, um, but let's get into the wide receivers. The first guy I want to talk about, I might get some heat for this one, but it's DK Metcalf. I think DK is an absolutely phenomenal wide receiver. I think the comparisons that he gets to guys like Terrell Owens are spot on. He really is that physically gifted. Uh, But he's currently the fourth wide receiver being drafted in fantasy, and there's just too many guys that I think are guaranteed a more consistent volume in their offenses that I don't really want to go all in on DK as the number four receiver this year. He finished number seven last year with like 1,300 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. That's a pretty good year. He could easily have that year again and not crack the top four. So I just think he's a little too risky. He's a little too touchdown dependent. He's a little too boomer bust. He had a number of games last year where he fell out of the top 50 fantasy receivers because the Seahawks offense was a bit inconsistent. I talked about how Lockett's a value on the last episode, but that's because these two guys have a difference of about 18 draft spots in their average draft position. And I don't see that big of a gap in the number, in the role of involvement in this offense. So for that reason, I think DK is going a little too high this year. I'm going to take a sip of water. Next guy, um, another stud receiver, but just don't love the situation, Mike Evans. Just too many cooks in the kitchen down in Tampa right now. Brady really spreads that ball around, um, especially now that they're having a full offseason with Antonio Brown involved in the offense. It really is a three-wide receiver situation there, and Evans is the one going highest in drafts. His ADP is the 12th receiver this year. He finished the wide receiver 10 last year, but he did that on such an efficient level of touchdown scoring that it's going to be hard to replicate that. Yes, Brady is a threat to throw 45 or 50 touchdowns in this offense, but there's just so many guys there. You know Gronk's still going to get his goal line uh, targets. 
you know, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller are all very good receivers. Um, so it's just too risky for me. There were games last year, like I said, where, you know, Evans would have two catches for five yards and two touchdowns. And it's like, you really don't want to bank on that as your wide receiver one in fantasy. And that's the range that he's going in. Next guy's Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster actually finished pretty high. People don't really think about him being a top 20 fantasy receiver last year. He finished wide receiver 18 in half PPR formats. He's actually uh, getting a pretty substantial draft dip this year, so it might look like a value. He's going ADP 30 for wide receivers. But there's been some studies recently on the ability for offenses to sustain two top 24 fantasy receivers two years in a row. Sorry, I misspoke that. Three top 24 fantasy receivers two years in a row. So that's what this team did last year with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju all finishing top 24 and half PPR. I don't expect it to happen two years in a row based on those studies and the statistics. It's pretty overwhelming, the odds of it happening twice. Um, You know, they say lightning doesn't strike twice. That's This is the fantasy equivalent of that. I think this offense will be much more run balanced. Uh, meaning the passing volume has to go down. Um, I think Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are both super exciting prospects to take breakout steps forward this year. And at the end of the day, with lower passing volume and maybe an increased demand by those two younger receivers uh, with a more long-term commitment from the Steelers than Juju has. Remember, Juju just returned on a one-year deal to this team. So this could be his last run with them, especially if Big Ben retires and he you know, decides to leave. Um, so that being said, you know, I just don't love the situation. Also, Pat Fryermuth, uh, rookie tight end, looks really good in the preseason. He should take some goal line targets away as well. So with Juju getting just less overall volume, uh, Najee Harris being more involved in the red zone, Fryermuth and Ebron there to take the goal line targets, I don't love Juju as a top 30 receiver this year. Wide receiver number four that I'm going to talk about is Jamar Chase. He is a rookie this year. He was the number five overall pick in the draft, the number one receiver taken by the Bengals. He played with Joe Burrow at LSU. So obviously, you know, people are really optimistic about them reuniting. Uh, They were amazing at LSU when they played together. But Jamar Chase is a rookie receiver who's being drafted as the 21st receiver off the board. He's in an offense um, where I have concerns with Burrow's, you know, knee rehab. I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% to start the season. And not only is that a physical uh, hurdle, but you have to wonder about the mental game and where Burrow's at mentally at trusting that knee. Um, The O-line sucks. The um, receiving room is packed. They still have Tyler Boyd. They still have T. Higgins, who had a really good rookie year last year. Those guys are not going anywhere. Um, so it's going to be, it's just a, a situation where there's three guys to worry about here. Chase is being drafted the highest of all of them, even though he's a rookie. Uh, he did not play last year in college football. He opted out due to COVID. So, you know, reports out of camp is that he's not looking that great. He's not creating separation. He's, you know, showing the rust of not playing last year. He didn't really look that good in the preseason game against the Redskins either. I saw him get blanketed by Benjamin St. Juiced, who's a rookie third-round draft pick. And you expect a top-five player taken in the draft to be able to beat guys like that in the preseason. So a lot of red flags here. I uh, just like a lot of the receivers going in that range way more than Jamar Chase. 
Um, where am I going? Next guy's Adam Thielen. And I love Thielen. I've been a Thielen fan for like four years now since his breakout. Actually, before his breakout, I was even taking Adam Thielen player props, you know, when he was the third receiver on the Vikings. And um, he would have over-unders, like over-under four and a half catches. And you could get him, you know, to easily have five catches in a game. He'd finish with eight or nine because nobody knew who this guy was. Um. So I hopped on Thielen early, but he's being overdrafted for me this year. He's being drafted at wide receiver 20 in ADP. He did finish top 10 last year. He was wide receiver eight, but I see this obviously being, you know, a transition where Justin Jefferson is the clear number one receiver for this team. Now Thielen is getting a little bit older. I expect this Vikings defense to be better. And that I think will equate to less passing volume, more run volume on offense so less targets for Thielen. This Vikings defense was really bad last year, and they were forced to throw more than they were comfortable with, especially in the second half of games. I don't expect that to be a consistent trend this year. Uh, and Thielen was also so hyper-efficient in the red zone. He was a lot like Mike Evans, where I talked about he was really cashing in on those end zone targets at a super efficient rate that's going to be hard to duplicate again this year. So if the touchdowns don't come for Thielen, um, I'm not optimistic for him to finish top 20 this year, and that's where he's being drafted. I'd rather take my shot on breakout receivers like um, uh, Woods, uh, Ayuk, Judy, all those guys in that range. Uh, next receiver I want to talk about is Cortland Sutton. Um, wide receiver, 34 in average draft position. And he – didn't play last year. He got injured in the preseason. He finished wide receiver 19 the year before. So we've seen this guy have a breakout season, but that injury has given me a whole lot of concerns. Uh, we haven't seen him so far in the preseason. We have seen Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler look phenomenal in the preseason. Um, and there's reports that Sutton is still dealing with the injury. You know, it's not really 100%. We're not sure if he's going to be ready for week one. I just don't love drafting a receiver with that many uh, lower body injury concerns in August as a top 35 receiver in fantasy. I think Judy can take a massive step forward. I love the talent of KJ Hamler and Noah Fant also. I love Sutton's talent, but I think it's clear that Sutton, you know, after Judy was drafted, it's clear that Sutton is is going to be the number two to Judy's number one. At least for me, that's obvious. And um, I don't know if the passing volume or the quarterback play for this offense is going to sustain two, you know, top 30 fantasy receivers. So I'm just not loving Sutton's situation this year, especially with the injury. And then I got two more guys for you. Oh, three more guys. Uh, next one's DJ Chark uh, being drafted wide receiver 32 last year, finished wide receiver 49 wide receiver for the Jags. Um, I think people are still clinging on to that breakout year he had two years ago, kind of like Sutton, uh, where Chark actually finished wide receiver 16 on a bad Jags team. Uh, he was basically just Gardner Minshew's best friend the whole season. And he's a guy that I was really high on last year, but it all kind of fell apart. Um, not the season I was expecting. Lingering injuries kind of derailed him. Um, since that breakout season, they have done nothing but try to upgrade the receiver position, drafting LaVisca Chanel and bringing in Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones clearly is the biggest problem for Chark here. I think Marvin Jones immediately takes the role that Chark was drafted to fill for this team. 
And this uh, this front office and coaching staff is not the one that drafted Chark three years ago. So I'm not sure how committed they are to him long term. Not loving the situation. I just talked at the beginning of this episode about how I think there's not much fantasy value in Jacksonville outside of Marvin Jones. I think their offense is a mess. Uh, the recent quotes from Urban Meyer are that they do not have an offensive identity yet. So just a messy situation down there. Two more guys. First, uh, rookie wide receiver Jalen Waddle in Miami being drafted wide receiver 35. Um, not in love with that draft position. There's other guys I'd rather take a shot to break out. I talked about I've talked about Judy enough. Judy's being drafted two receiver spots ahead of Waddle. Give me Judy all day. Robbie Anderson, two spots behind Waddle. Give me Robbie Anderson all day. Um, Waddle, rookie receiver. We'll see how fast he gets it together, but that's a tough transition to the NFL. Um, I'm not really high on any of the top three rookie receivers. I talked about Jamar Chase. Devontae Smith also might get off to a slow start. Just not in love with any of the situations there for these rookies. Um, a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. That could be an offense that really spreads it around a lot. I think they got two tight ends involved in the offense. Um, they've got Devontae Parker and Will Fuller down there still lingering around. And it's just not really clear if any of them are going to emerge as a clear cut number one. I'm just not taking the shot on Waddle when I can get other breakout potential players at the same ADP. And uh, the last guy is Michael Thomas. Um, obviously a weird point in Michael Thomas's career, but, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, if you're not keeping up with his injury situation, he had late off season, um, surgery on a lingering injury. He could have had it like at the end, at the beginning of the off season and been ready for week one, but he put it off. <clears throat> There's rumors about miscommunication and, and turmoil in the saints organization, He's still being drafted, even though we have no clue when Michael Thomas is going to play, if at all, this year. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 26 in the sixth fucking round. Are you kidding me? Don't throw away your sixth-round pick on Michael Thomas. The uh, This is not a situation where you draft him and you hope that he comes back and is dominant at the end of the year. This is a guy that could potentially just rot away a roster spot on your team for six, eight, ten, fucking 16 weeks. We don't know. We don't know, so just don't do it. There's so many players that are going to provide value for hopefully your entire season in that range. Not even worth thinking about, in my opinion. Don't draft Michael Thomas this year. So that's it. That's the receivers. I had nine names for you guys. Um, I think I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to do quarterbacks next. We'll do tight ends last. I think that's how I'm going to play this. Um, I would love to have word from Sean Payton on whether or not Jameis Winston is the starter so I can figure that shit out. But, you know, I'm doing my best here, guys. So um, we're going to do some quarterbacks. We're going to get back into the AFC South. I'm trying to cram a lot of content in here, guys. There's only one of me in so many hours in the day. This is uh, crunch time here in late August. But as always, I'll be staying on the grind. I'll be getting you guys some more stuff soon. Uh, get into those mock drafts. Make sure you're doing your homework. And uh, ramble on. Oh.